Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Part de. Yeah. Of part. Mm, a gathering storm. 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 <laughs> part de. Of a gathering storm. Is that what you're trying to sound like, Judy Dench? I <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> or Angela Lansbury. Probably. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm watching a lot of Murder, She Wrote. Are you? It, yeah, it never gets old. Oh. Did you watch never the reunion of 90 Day Fiance? I haven't watched it yet. So why? a little at the beginning. I feel like I have to really sit down and focus. And I'm playing a new game on my phone and I can't focus. No, I'm so coming over. This is ridiculous. I need to focus and see the expressions that Colty is giving to everyone else. Because he seems to have walked in thinking he's the Fonz. Every time. Every reunion <laughs> show, he does it. <laughs> I don't understand. You're not cool, Colty. You will never, you're as uncool as your car before you got the air conditioner. So you need to chill with that. Yeah, it's weird every time. Anyways, uh, I haven't watched yet. I'll report back soon. Okay, so this is a gathering storm. Are you going to do a quick mini recap of what happened in part Un? Because I feel like people. I kind of don't remember, but I will try. Okay, okay, so. This guy is found dead. <laughs> Russell. And Russell. Oh, thank you. I forgot his name. You're welcome. So he was separated from his wife, Brianna. Brenna. And nope. Brenna. Oh, my God. And Brenna was like a hairdresser with this lady named Peggy. And Peggy owned the house they were living in. Russell and, and Brenna's house. Yes. Yeah. So Peggy had this boyfriend who um, was in a band called Buck Naked and the Exhibitionists. Mm-hmm. Alternate title, Less Moors and the Contradictions. Boy. And he was actually two-timing. He was married to this lady who is in love with him despite... All evidence to the contrary that he treats her like a d- dog. And they are called Jim Jeans. That's Jim. Yeah, that's Jim and Jean. And Jean follows Jim to the end of the earth because he's in this band that she really likes. Mm-hmm. And even though they're all like late middle aged sweaty guys mm-hmm. and they're hound dogs and yeah. they're chasing tail all over Punta Gorda and in but Florida. He's, in right. Florida, but he's cheating on Jim Jean, Jean, his wife, with Peggy. And he's always wanted to know what it feels like to kill someone because the high of being in the biggest band in Punta Gorda is not enough for him. No. So he wants to kill someone. And he, his mom was abused when he was younger. So he finds this guy who was abusive, so he thinks. Mm-hmm. And this is Brenna's husband, Russell, mm-hmm. through Peggy. So Peggy gets her boyfriend, Jim. Oh, and Peggy's a whole lot of woman and voluptuous. And yeah. so Jim, uh, we think killed russell that he shot him in the head in the car no we know he did at this point okay so we don't know if brenna was involved or how much peggy was involved but peggy's clearly the link but we know that jim did it jim told gene he did it we have already gotten to that point and then this hurricane charlie which we have to apologize oh i was gonna do morning announcements and say charlie was a huge hurricane Apologies oh, if did we applied we get, anything less. Did we get in trouble? And online master's degrees are totally a thing, and they're legitimate. We don't know things. So, 
Sorry. Did you get in trouble for both of those things? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. But No, it's fine. But uh, they don't usually have goats at home in their online goat studies. I think I or said boats? something like that. But boats. Or boats. Maybe boats. I still think you have to be on a boat. What most people told me was it was like 70% online and then 30% out with the goats. So I don't think we were that off because that, that was our whole question. That like, was how thing. do you do it 100% online? I don't think you can. So the name is misleading, guys. And we were kind of right because, but they are legitimate. They're not like a scam. It really is a master's degree, but it is partially out there in the real world. Okay. That's, so, apologies. So then, that's basically what's happening now, and we're going to find out more about Peggy and why she was Miss Vegas. What was she? No, Miss we don't know what she was. She was in a pageant. We got pageant in footage. In Las Vegas. In Ms. Las Washington? Vegas. But you were, yeah, they kept calling her Miss Washington, but they don't do it in the second part of the episode. We should also mention that I am doing the recap of the second part. So, if- Which, if you listen to what just happened in the last... Two minutes, you'll be very glad that Katie is doing the no, recap. No, but if you're not interested not in hearing me do a recap, now would be your time to exit this episode. And we'll catch you next time when Kimberly Bye. redoes it. Also, I'm going to mention that Kimberly is painting her nails because for, for the she doesn't have to do the recap. So she's painting her nails. Now, normally at this point, I swatch eyeshadow palettes. Which I know you don't know what swatching is, Kimberly, but it's where you put it all up and down your arm. And then I have to go in later and cut out the sound of the rustling of me (laughs) rustling through palettes and then swatching them. This is why you act like you're listening to my recap, but you're not actually listening. I am listening. But it's fun to do something else while you're doing it. But it's fun to... I'm going to have to do that. I see you painting, and that's a very pretty periwinkle, if that's the right color. My screen's a little weird. I'm going to still listen to you 100%. Okay. My we'll see. ears are open. My nails are wet. My heart is full. Of crap. my Clovis is private. Private. Sensor noise. Okay. So, Gone with the Wind ellipsis is what I wrote. Boy, I'm dramatic. This is dumb. Okay. Well, because Mank does say several times in this episode, Quite literally, this. Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of cliches. Quite literally, this. So he's quite literally gone with the wind because there was a hurricane. And you're also going to understand why this is a two-part episode of A Date with Dateline because this episode is epically long. You were not kidding when you said you looked up and 10 minutes had passed when you did the recap. And like, it was 10 minutes of the episode, but you had been sitting there for an hour. That's what happens here. Okay. So Buck Naked quote, suddenly felt very exposed. (laughs) All right. Mink is so good. At the very, very end, when Buck Naked is gone with the wind, what has happened is Buck Naked, Jim, a.k.a. Jim Hugan, was very stressed out because the cops had just been to see him and they had somehow found out that he was connected to the crime in Washington, to the murder of Russell. And he knew that the cops would be back and he had no intention of ever wearing prison orange. Because he's so stylish in his knockoff Tommy Bahama shirts. I'm sure they're real. I'm sure he wore real Tommy. He bought them in Vegas at the outlet. So Jean (laughs) does what every good wife does and gives her husband $5,000 to go and drink and gamble alone in Miami and a baggie full of pills so he can kill himself. Why is it so expensive to kill yourself? 
I thought it would be way cheaper. $5,000 and the pills? The $5,000 is not even to buy the pills. No, the $5,000 is to gamble. He's a gambling man, which is now when it becomes clear why there's these many trips to Vegas and stuff. It's not just... It's not just Peggy. He's he's a gambling man. And I so see Peggy's that. So Peggy's Clovis might not have the pull that we thought it did. I think it does. And we're going to get to that. I think it definitely does. Um, okay. So, and also, if you don't know what a Clovis is, it was in what episode did Clovis come up? I don't know, but just Google Chrissy Teigen Clovis and you'll find out. If it's not clear to you. So, Jean seems obviously pretty distraught that her husband's going to go and kill himself, but he's pretty sure that he's caught and the, and the only way out right now is to, you know, go to the big, I was going to try to say singing songbird in the sky, but that's not, <laughs> that's not right. I was, the big stage upstairs. There we go. There we go. With the groupies that are angels. The final performance. Yeah. Is that good? Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. So she assumes that he's dead because she dropped him off in Miami at the hotel casino and she thinks that he's dead. So she's... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. As like a married person. Okay. So you love Oliver like I think a normal amount. Yeah. Like she loves Jim like an unnormal amount. Right. And she loves him so much she's willing to help him kill himself. So he doesn't have to go to prison, which is so weird because you'd think because she loves him so much, she couldn't bear to have him be dead. It's very strange, their relationship. I think that she does sort of what Jim says, to be honest. And I Mm. think that he kind of convinces her of things Mm -hmm. pretty easily. I think it's part of the reason he stays with her. I don't think it's that she's not that bright, honestly. I think it's that she's just... He's got a hold on her in a really bad way. He's like an addiction for her, which we get to 100%. later. 100%. So, yes. Yeah. She's a fool for love. Yeah. she. He is her heroine. 100%. Oh. So, she assumes that he's dead because she drops him off with the pills. And she is waiting for the call from the police in her, as Mike says, storm-ravaged home. They need to keep bringing back in the storm, remember, because... I think he said literally <laughs> ravaged home. <laughs> they need to bring in the storm a lot. So that was that was good. So we tried to understand the title. I'm picturing her sitting in like maybe a place with no roof. And <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sorry. It's not no, no, funny but when I'm, people I'm, get hurricane. No, hit. but uh, hurricaned. That's not a hurricane get, hit. I said. Oh, I thought you said <laughs> when is, people get hurricanes. Just as bad. Which makes also no makes me think of people getting drunk in Vegas because they had too many hurricanes. Mm. That's kind of what that makes me think of. And now I just thought of another title and (laughs) that ruins it. Okay. I kept trying to go somewhere with genie in a bottle for the title. I couldn't get anywhere. I'm like, genie hits the bottle. I couldn't. I couldn't get there. Okay. Anyways. Genie. Genie. Gene. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work. Okay. Anyways. So she's sitting in her storm ravaged home waiting for the police to call and tell her she needs to come and claim the body. But instead... What ends up happening is she gets a call from the Greyhound bus that they found a bag belonging to Jim with the contents being a bottle of Crown Royale, which seems to be his drink, clothes, and a gun. Where'd the he gun come from? He left them on a bus? Where are the pills? He wasn't even going to tell her that he's still alive and she did all that for him? He She got a call from Greyhound. That's rude. And then very shortly afterward, she gets a call from the lawyer... From the lawyer that's, I guess, her and Jim's joint, a joint legal 
joint lawyer and I says, feel like he was also a member of the band because I feel like all the members of the band oh, had side jobs. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. So gets a call from Toby and Toby says, <laughs> hey, Jim's in Houston. He's going to call you. There's a plan, but I can't talk about it over the phone. Basically, get your checkbook ready. It's some sort of call like that. And he's still alive. And he's, oh, P.S. He didn't die. And we don't know where the pills are. He may have sold them to a couple of college kids in North Carolina. He he called me first, but then he was like, oh, after a couple days, maybe you should tell my wife I'm still alive. But did he leave the, did he just like leave the stuff on the bus by accident? Or was he trying to throw off the police? I think it is very safe to assume at this point that Jim is three sheets to the wind 85 to 95% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. They did say he was drinking a ton. Yeah, constant stupor. You got to be really drunk to leave your gun on a Greyhound bus. Yeah, Why? where did the gun come? I don't understand the, the connection between we need the story. And the whole other Dateline episode, I feel like, is the story of drop off at Miami Hotel to a couple weeks later Greyhound bus. What happened in there, Jim? Hookers. Jim, he's wild. Oh, yeah. Well, that's in Mexico. We're getting to that. So he left these items on a bus, as you do. Lawyer calls, says Jim is in Houston. He's going to call you with the plan. She gets in touch with Jim, who's holed up in some hotel room in Houston, and says he's got to go to Mexico. He's going to he's gonna need her help because apparently she is the only one with money because the computer store is doing really well. Please remember, <laughs> they have a, a small business in Punta that, Gorda. That the mayor was extremely impressed Really with. excited about. but Like appeared on the news to talk about really how thought, good she thought this computer store was. They did great. They did great for her PC. So her, her Hewlett Packard. So, sorry, what? I don't have a Mac. I'm not saying that in a snotty way. I'm just saying she's not a Mac lady. She's a PC. She's a Hewlett. Yeah, no, she's for sure a PC. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I have yeah. a PC. I don't, yeah. I don't do, I do well with Mac accessories and PC computers. I need Excel. I don't understand. Okay, so anyways, um, but it's not a crime at this point, keep in mind, for Jean to help Jim across the border because there are no charges against him yet. Okay, she says that and Mank says that yeah. to her and she's like, yeah, you're right. It wasn't. It's a moral crime. This whole thing is a moral crime. She's known for months that he killed someone. Yeah. And the person's family is devastated mm-hmm. and they don't know who did it. And you've known for months and you're helping your husband kill himself instead of have justice for what he did. And now you're going to help him go to Mexico to live it up on a beach somewhere drinking margaritas instead of going to jail. I know you love this guy, but I'm going to judge you hard. Well, Jean, you are the morality police. That's I what am. you are. Very I good. also don't form emotional attachments to people, so it's very easy for me to go, yes, I would turn them in. They deserve to go to jail. That's not true. And they should suffer. That's not true. If you killed someone, I'd, I would probably turn you in. You'd probably be dead because it would probably be, be, be me. <laughs> I don't blame you. No, it wouldn't be you. Um, I don't blame you. Okay, Mm -hmm. so now, according to Josh, the story takes another bizarre turn, which I, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot at this point. So this could have been like a miniseries on Lifetime. It really could have. Gene helps Buck Naked Jim escape and is Tammy Wynette it all over Florida. 
But Peggy, I don't know what on that the means. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. But Peggy. I'm sorry. I did not get it. Sorry. Peggy, other woman, has done the opposite and has agreed to cooperate with the police. And she's talking to them. Oh, Jim. Yeah. Was your mistress loyal to you or your wife? Your wife. Jean was loyal. mistress. No, she's. Turns on you. She tells detectives that before he fled to Mexico, he had confessed to her about killing Russell in some sort of a phone call they had where he said, you're never going to see me again. Mm. It's kind of funny because you get to see the police interview and it's, she says in the phone call, he said, I did it when I went for cigarettes, which is kind of like ye old story of dad leaving and never coming yes. back. But instead totally. in this case, it's dad went out and shot a man that he <laughs> Remember didn't Remember that know. time I went out for cigarettes and it took me way too long? Yeah. And I shot a person? Yeah. I wasn't creating another family and leaving your mom. Yeah. I was... I wasn't I wasn't going back to my wife. I was actually, yeah, killing a person I never met. So the detectives this is sort of odd to me. They decide that they they need to put out word to the public. They're trying to figure out the movements of Peggy and Jim the weekend of the murder. And so they go they brush over this very quickly that they just put out word to the public, which I don't know exactly how that happens and who's watching police stations to see like oh Hey, they need information about this, but I, I On don't... the local news. Okay. I guess people watch the... Sure. Okay. My parents do. Yeah, that's true. Every night. And you know what? Your parents might be the demographic that listen to Buck Naked and the Exhibitionists. And there you so, go. Okay. Full circle. That would be my mom's it. wild night out. She had had a long week teaching, and she wanted to let loose with a pina colada... I can imagine this call. Honey, honey. <laughs> I found the greatest band. Their name is a little inappropriate. You're, no, you're going to laugh. You're going <laughs> to. I know. Okay. Before it would be like the biggest lead up for the yeah. name. Oh, Joni. She's now doing this thing where she can't just have a linear conversation. Mm -hmm. It starts with like, oh, you'll never believe it. I have to tell you. I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about it. I have to tell you the name of this thing was so like this is how she'd start the conversation. The name was crazy. I'm like, the name of what? What are you talking about? You don't know the subject. Yeah. No, uh I do not know the subject of the descriptors that she's using. Right. Yeah. And it turns, out, it turns out to be like a brand she saw at TJ Maxx. Sorry, Joni. It's not that bad. You're lovely. It's not. Well, I love Joni. But one time I was fast forwarding a VCR tape and she started laughing because the people were moving so fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Joni. Oh, bless oh. her heart. Bless, bless you, bless Joni. Bless her heart. The I world love would that. not be the same. No, it would not. You have to stay here a long time. Okay. Yeah. So so they put out the word that they're looking for information about what actually happened here. This is where I get confused because they get a call from the Donna Anna Sheriff's Department. And I had to go back and put subtitles on because that Sheriff's Department is in New Mexico. I'm under the impression that all of this is happening in Washington, but apparently that's, that's baloney. I thought it was Washington, Vegas, and Florida. Florida. No. We have New Mexico has entered the picture because someone calls in and says they have a firearm that they believed was used in a homicide on Wimby Island. Now, uh, question mark again, what the, where, where is Wimby Island? 
that's where Punta Gorda is. So right? where's the murder? Oh, no, you're right. Wimby Island is in Florida. So this is irritating because all of these things take place on water. Punta Gorda's on like this little inlet, It's like right? Joni is telling us this story. I'm. Do you see what I'm saying? Why? I'm, no, this was episode what? was... So confusing. And what is there new, were so many locations. What there is New Mexico? Now, New Mexico is a landlocked state. Yeah. There's no, no so island there. they found a gun somewhere? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want Yeah. Okay. How did they find the gun? If anybody watched this episode and understood what happened, like, I, this is where we need the map with the strings and the pins. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love a map with strings. We needed that for this because mm-hmm. I'm confused. Okay. So the caller turns out to be a former deputy from Las Vegas. So back to Vegas again, who had known both Jim Huden and Peggy in Las Vegas, not in Washington, uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah. We still don't know why Peggy has property in Washington, by the way. And Vegas. And Vegas. No, we don't know if she has property, but she owns that house in Maybe Washington. Maybe she was just in Washington for that funeral. She must have grown up in Washington because she participated oh, no, she, as Miss Washington. She owns Washington. that house, right? right. She so owns the house, too. Maybe her right. parents' home? No, but wait, wait. Isn't she a hairdresser in Washington? Yes. So she must so she have, eventually moved to Vegas. God, this is confusing. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Okay. So anyways, this former deputy from Las Vegas who had known both Jim and Peggy, apparently Jim had come over to his house back in 2003 and was asked, had got this gun and was asking him if he could show this deputy how to shoot it, like how to use this firearm. The next time this Wait, guy- Wait, is that something deputies regularly do? Like, have people over to dinner, and then they play around with guns? They've got to be buddies, right? Yeah, and then he's like, okay, let me show you how to shoot it. There's lots of shooting ranges and stuff in Las Vegas. Also, another. this is now another friend that is totally okay with hanging out with Jim and his mistress. This is, I will... Not worried about poor Gene at all. This guy doesn't know Gene. He doesn't know that that Peggy's not his one and only. He doesn't know. That's true. And then he could be acting like she's his Vegas wife. Right. Well, and then also we have a deputy. Mm, I don't I don't know. I I think it's interesting that Jim went to a, a person in the sheriff's department mm-hmm. to show him how to shoot a gun, knowing that he's about to commit a murder. I know. So, so that, this is cool. That's ballsy. Man, I don't know. It, it's, it's drunky. Drunk courage. No, that's that buck naked. That courage, buck naked, the confidence. Well, you know, like, Lord, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. If I could get that sentence out. Lord, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man in a band that chicks like for some reason. Mediocre middle-aged white man in a band. In a band that drunk moms get down to. Yeah. Wow. That's... That's a lot of confidence. Do you think they play Jungle Boogie? Get down, get down. Yes, get they do. Down, get, yeah, they do. Okay. I 100% do. They, do you think they do do a little dance? Make a little yes. laugh? Get down. Okay, they do all those. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next time that this deputy sees the gun is in 2004 when Jim comes to him with a paper bag with that same gun in it and says, hey, can you hold on to this for me for safekeeping? Who is giving their murder weapon to a cop to hang on to for them? And so then my question is, so this cop somehow winds up in New Mexico because that's why the call is from New Mexico. How did he find out that 
they're looking for information on the on Peggy and Jim's whereabouts the weekend of Russell's murder in Washington. How's he finding it? I don't. Yeah, there are holes in this story that are so right. Because even if big. it was like a police thing, you don't necessarily read reports of what people in other states are looking for all the time. No, and I, is he retired? He's retired to New Mexico, right? At this point. Oh, because he likes the desert heat. Yeah. Oh no, but he was in Vegas before. Do people from Vegas retire to New Mexico? I don't know about so many these questions. things. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, we're gonna keep. Go- we're gonna press through. We're gonna barrel through this. Okay. The detectives get the gun, and of course, it's a match to the murder weapon. The ballistics are all there. That's the bullet. That's the gun. They have enough to arrest Jim. Finally. So now. Wait. The- I'm sorry. So, just a quick question. So, yeah. this is not the gun from the Greyhound. No, this is that a different gun. No. Never made its way on the Greyhound. That he gu- had two guns. This gun somehow wound up in a bag. Like in a ba- bag in a Greyhound. I don't, he must have traded the pills for the gun, thinking, I can't do the pills. I'm going to mm. shoot myself instead. I don't know. See, again, mm. we have holes in the story of what happened there. That's a good theory. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's nuts. Okay. So then they have enough to arrest him. So they just need to find him, basically. So now we're back. We circle back in the episode to Russell's Dora the Explorer family. They, travel all over the world and go vacationing. Yeah. Not really. They just travel all over the U.S. And they're They're active people. They're really active. They're not podcasters. I don't know what to call them. The North Face family. Like, I feel like they wear a lot of... They go to REI. They have that... Yes. There's a thing. I had to buy something in REI for Oliver's family, a present this year, last year. And they they have like a thing you sign up for. I was just going to ask a rewards card. I was high pressured. And I told the man straight out, I said, sir, I do, I do not come here. I have no reason to be here. There is. Do you see the pasty quality of my skin? I'm not an outdoors woman. I'm wearing a lot of makeup in an outdoor store and I'm very embarrassed. And before you write in, I'm sure there are very glamorous mountain climbers out there. No, they're not wearing a full face. I had on like, they are. I had on like bronzer. (laughs) Like I had done a full face that day. It was all the steps. It had taken a while, and I went in and said, oh, I'm over-faced. And so, yeah. anyways, but they the guy talked me into getting the card. He's like, even if you do it once. What? Yeah, I did it. I got the rewards card. I don't know what it is. It might be under my phone number. I don't know. And you made weird. fun of me for getting the TJ Maxx credit card. But he was saying, like, you'll be back. The way he was talking to me is like I had walked into REI and it had changed my mind and my life and I was going to start bicycling. And this was a new <laughs> world for me. And I didn't know what I was. I was embarrassed. I want to be that person. My brother is that sort of person. He has a lot of hiking. Yes, you can do it. Type posters up. We should try to hike. We should go on like a hike a month. <laughs> Maybe in 2020. 2020. The last time we went on a hike, the shoes that you were wearing what, were made they me laugh so were they hard. So, were they the American flag ones that I got wrong? They were the American flag ones. Because I had no tennis shoes. That are not even tennis shoes. They, they were had fashion no, they tennis had, shoes. No, they were more than that. They had cleats that you could screw into the bottom. And I was like, oh, these come with holes at the bottom. And they, you were supposed to screw in cleats. I don't know what they were for. Soccer? 
lacrosse. Were they for like a, an Olympic team? Is that why they were American? They were $3.99 at Ross. They had that double, double sale sticker on it where it gets oh marked God. down and then it gets marked down again because it came with a baggie of cleats and people were like, I don't do that. And then they didn't buy them, but I did. And I just didn't screw the cleats in. But I used those for years. I think I used them till a cat peed on them. I They were in rotation. They were my only tennis shoes. That was it. Yeah, I know. All right. That's all. That's got to be for Patreon. Nobody cares about cat pee. All right. Sorry. Okay. I think that's what they care about. No. What they care about is this. They care about Russell's family, which is where we are in the Dateline episode. And they get a call from the detectives and they are told that Jim Hugan, who they probably never heard of, but Peggy also is involved in the murder of their brother, son, slash family member. I don't know if they had heard of Peggy, though. No, they did. They knew Peggy. So they talk about, because the mom then goes on to talk about Peggy owning the home that Russell and Brenna were renting. Oh, right. So they do know about Peggy. And I think Peggy and Brenna were like, not besties, but good friends at the hair salon. It was her hair salon buddy. So they also said that there was a verbal agreement that they were supposed to buy the home. Russell and Brenna were. So they thought that maybe Peggy set all this up so that Brenna would have the life insurance policy so that she could finally follow through on buying the home. Because God forbid you break an oral contract. It's better to kill someone than break an oral contract. Yeah, because that's really, I don't know, maybe Peggy seems very persuasive, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. So in the midst of all this, we find out a very important piece of evidence, which is the weapons owner's manual to the gun, this gun that Jim had given to the deputy and had shot Russell with and had definitely been the murder weapon. That gun owner's manual, which I don't know how they got that. We don't get to know how they found the owner. Did he put that in the brown paper bag when he dropped off the gun? Wait, you're doing what my mom does. Oh, sorry. Where was the owner's manual? They didn't say. What are... Okay, but what sorry. are you trying to say this about was it? In the, I'm sorry. This was in the middle of all of this with the family, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, but it's kind of important because it plays a part later. The owner's manual has Peggy's fingerprint on the 17th page of it, uh, which becomes important later. But they somehow slip it in Maybe this Maybe they segment. found it at Jean Jim's house. Maybe. Or Peggy's Jim's house. We don't know how they found it, but for some reason they put that piece of information in this segment with the family. That means, yeah, and that is odd and yeah. very odd that they fingerprinted every page of this manual yeah. and that they finally got a hit on the 17th page. What is written on the 17th page? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Like, it's the first is like the table of contents. Oh, yeah. And then it's like cleaning your gun. Storing your gun, like loading your gun, and maybe page 17 is like, when you've committed your crime, <laughs> you give your gun to a deputy friend in a bag and say, can you hold this for me? And then page 18 is the Greyhound bus situation. You can also leave it there. That's like an alternate. And then page 19 is about the Mexico thing. And then, but the first, like the third page is about having a wife who will do anything for you and helping you cover this all up. That's number one. That's early. Yeah. yeah. Doormat. That's very Find early. Find your doormat Find before your doormat. you do all of this. Oh, Lord. Okay, so they slip that in, which is pretty important. But then they say that the family didn't wasn't really worried about that. That's how they transitioned. Family wasn't really worried about that. 
What the family was really worried about is Brenna doesn't really seem that upset at all that Peggy may have been involved in Russell's murder when the detectives call and tell them. And I mean, I'm like, no whoop. I mean, big whoop. No. Yeah. Of course she's not. Because she wasn't even that upset about her husband being killed. Brenna was clearly involved, everyone. So mom's mom said that she said to Brenna, did you ever say at work that maybe it would be better for you if Russ was dead than alive? And then Mank says, was this a case of words having unintended consequences or did Brenna set it up? So, I mean, obviously, I'm sure Brenna said that. That's how nice this family is, that they're willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. The first, she had nothing to do with it. Then when they find out her friend had something to do with it, to think maybe she accidentally was like, oh, I wish he was dead. And then Peggy just went and did it. Like, they're so nice to Brenna. Really nice. Well, and I think now we find out why. Because the grandparents are really trying to be there for Brenna and Russell's kids. The grandparents Mm -hmm. still really want to be in the kids' lives. And then the mother says very politically, the mother chooses her words extremely carefully. And she says it's a very controlled situation and talks about how Brenna listens in on their phone calls to the grandkids. Yeah. It sounds a little, it honestly just makes Brenna look guiltier than guilty. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. And she, yeah, so they're scared she'll take the kids away and won't let the grandparents see them. Which is very valid. And they'll be living with a woman who set up a murder of their dad. Right. Exactly. Okay, so now back to Jim Jeans, a.k.a. Florida. Jim is in Mexico, and Peggy starts calling Jean. Just out of the blue. <laughs> Let's be friends. Yeah, she's pretty much just nosing around to try to find out what the cops said. Do What do they know? Did they talk about me? The same old, same old. Yes, it's not like... Did Jim mention me? How is he doing? Have feel, you talked to him? I feel like it it's might be like, like that, actually. Well, she might lead in like that, but yeah. she wants to know what they know about her. Oh, yeah. She wants to know if she's in trouble. And so Meg says, you know, you never hung up on her. And she's like, no, I don't know why. It's sort of stupid. Or, yeah, Jean, <laughs> hang up on the mistress. And so... I'm too nice. What can I say? She's very charming. She decides to go a step further. And apparently, at Jim's request... Jean flies to Las Vegas to spend some girl time with Peggy. <laughs> so they and they then we get like the Las Vegas B-roll just solid. It's like oh all God. the shots of the Venetian and MGM. And so like in the first episode, Peggy went to the house and they had that awkward conversation over mm-hmm. we decided Coronas. Mm-hmm. And, but maybe they really bonded. They like both loved Queer Eye or something. And then they. No, not queer. it's not Queer Eye. I don't know. That's just the first show that popped in my head. Yeah. They both loved. Big Little Lies. No, not I, HBO. No. They're it's not watching smart. HBO. It's okay. too witty. No. Dallas. The new Dallas. Oh, yeah. They might like a, like a CW Nashville? type. Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. Okay. There we go. Okay, so I used to like Nashville. So I've never seen it. I don't know. The first season I kind of enjoyed. It's a soap opera, basically. Okay. Uh, so they, I, I still feel like it's something way worse than that. Mm-hmm. But like the new 90210. Um, I'll get there. Oh, yeah. So then Gene says they had drinks in Vegas, saw a band, which you know they saw a cover band, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe there's a cover band of Buck Naked and the Exhibitionists called Partially Clothed. And the voyeurs. That's great. <laughs> Topless only. And the voyeurs. It's an homage. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, topless leather, just the bottoms. They did. They don't wear. They're they're Winnie the Poohing it on stage. <gasps> I honestly, honestly, I don't think they saw a band. I think they went to Thunder Down to Under. Thunder Down Under, yeah. totally, absolutely, mm-hmm. or the lesser version of Thunder Down Under, which is what we saw in Vegas. Oh yeah, that was super. We'll have to D-level. go into that on a Patreon because that was quite an experience. Yeah, I barely remember it though. Oh, I do. I can talk okay, about good. it. Okay, good. You can fill. I remember your reaction, and it's <laughs> it's some good stuff. Okay. Do you think they both like Two and a Half Men? Maybe. Or something with Charlie Sheen. They both think Charlie Sheen is really funny. That mm-hmm. might be what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they, and then Jean says, it, you know, she found it hard to hate the voluptuous Miss Peggy, which don't something, stop it, Jean. Stop. She is a whole lot of woman. This magnetic pull that Peggy has is insane. Well, Brenna loves her. The Miss yeah. whatever in the pageant, the one that was on that Texas Rich show loves Big her. Big Rich Texas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Men love her. Women love her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't understand what, she's like a witch. She's maybe Kelly. That's what I said. I still think so. And I have more theories on that. Now, the two gym women's, what I write, I wrote the two gym women's mm-hmm. lives take very different paths in the woods. And Gene is going broke, sending money to Mexico to Jim, trying to fund his lavish lifestyle. No, I don't know what she's doing. Giving him booze and cigarettes money. Mm-hmm. Peggy now becomes a limo driver in Las Vegas. And now mm-hmm. we get to the part of the story that we don't need at all. It's no. fun to have. It has yeah. no bearing on this story. So no. we'll go through it. She meets her next target. I mean, husband. And his name is Mark Allen. And he happens to take her limo ride. And whatever the phone call was that he talks about was, hey, would you like to have our normal limo driver or Miss Washington drive you around? Again, she's not Miss Washington. She's not Miss. Wa- Miss Washington implies it was some large world or country competition. No. Some sort of U.S. It or does. American. And she was that that state's representative in the whole country. No. But it was a Las Vegas pageant. It's not a large pageant. It's uh, frustrating. I, I'm I, very confused. So Mark Allen is a New Mexico. Okay, New Mexico again. He's a horse breeder and an heir to an oil fortune. He's very <laughs> slow talking. And yes. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate him because he doesn't care. He's got plenty of time and plenty of money. He's fine. Yeah, you don't have to rush when you have when you're an oil heir. No, and I think that I wish that we had seen if Mank actually got to go. I don't know who interviewed him because we don't see Mank talking back and forth to Mark. But they definitely went on location at his right. ranch called the Double Eagle Ranch, which is kind of great and it had big iron fence thing. Okay, he says the biggest mistake I ever made in my life was marrying Peggy. He ma- they got married five months after he took that limo ride. The minute he moves her to New Mexico, she starts nosing her way into his horse business. And she wants him to fire a bunch of his employees who have worked for him forever and hire her friends to do his books. And that's what Meg says she went from mad magnet to man eater. <laughs> She's just full of it. Mark Allen. Do you think they played man eater at their concerts? Yes. That's totally the kind of song they played. Maybe. Hall and Oates. Yeah, I hope so. Rich girl, and it's gone. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Okay. Mark Allen, he ta- he's funny because he talks a little bit how she was a pretty good-sized woman. 
like a man getting on you is what he says because apparently they got to do a lot of phys- physical fights and then well, again she is not big at all why i know why do people keep saying was she really she's, tall she must have been like six feet tall but she's very she's slim i mean she's normal size but no this is also now listen this is coming from someone who was big katie i get it <laughs> i'm a tall person and in college there was little katie and big katie i was the latter I remember it. I got it. So for people to keep bringing that up, I feel like in my Dateline episode, they might bring that up too. Be like, she was a, she was a big girl. No. I'm saying that like, I feel like it's a height thing. It has to be because there's no other explanation for it. Yeah, I don't. She's not even voluptuous. She is tall, though. She is. No, she is voluptuous and she's tall. No, because she's not curvy. Yes, she she is. Normal size boobies. No, she doesn't. You you're you didn't watch the end carefully enough. I was watching in the when she was in the pageant. No, that's different. Where she was friends with with the lady who called her voluptuous. Fast forward to the end. Also, did you not see all those headshots with the bustiers? That's true. That's true. You have to have a chesticle if you're wearing a bustier. She did not have a busticle or a stomachicle or big armsicles. No, you are thinking only of that pageant video. I'm going to send you some some screenshots. She, she was, was She was a voluptuous one. Pop, she had a pop booty up? that popped. She was had a popping booty. Okay. Her booty popped. Yes, she was popping. Pop, <laughs> popping. She was right Mary, popping. Mary Poppins. She was right popping. All right. Anyways, that's that's about as good as I can that's, say that. So that's the sequel to Mary anyways, Popping. Mark Allen, her newest husband, says he looked into her eyes and it was pure evil. We all already knew that. So according to Mank, if she married well, she divorced even better. And you come well, on, we knew that was going to happen. And mm-hmm. the divorce apparently took longer than the marriage. And Mark Allen winds up giving her just a whole lot of money and an 80-foot houseboat. Just to go away. Just to go away. There's lots of pictures, by the way. Where can I sign up for that? Yeah, you got to start driving limos. And you got to be a Miss something. Mississippi River Queen. Miss Studio Apartment. Miss... (laughs) Miss Junior One Bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then there's some Kentucky Derby story that honestly was not, it wasn't, I don't get it. It wasn't that funny. It was something about her saying that she, their horse, which was called Mind That Bird, which was a joke that I don't get. What's Mind That Bird mean? It's over my head. I don't know what Mind That Bird, why that would be a clever name for a horse. Mind? Mind. M-I-N-D. Mind That Bird. So it's like mind, oh, mind I just the wrote, gap. Mind that and mind that bird. Oh, the, the mind same. that bird came up. Oh, because it, it's a horse from the one the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, that's and why it's that mine, came up. M I N E. It's M I N E. Oh, mine. Okay. Why are you called that though? I don't know. I don't get it. So that horse won the Kentucky Derby, one of their horses, and she was somehow taking credit about that she had been grooming the horses. And he said, oh, it's really funny. She couldn't even get on a horse. It, he it wasn't so hard. And yeah. Mank does it, I think, to mock him because Mank says he did get one big one laugh chuckle. out of the, yeah. you know, I. 
I just wasn't I important at all. Okay, anyways. No, it, I think it's, it's, just mo- it's just more weird stuff about Peggy that just, okay, great. So anyways, back to Jean. Yeah, that she was pretending that she ran the whole horse thing and knew about it. Yeah, but we don't need to know about this husband at all. The Literally, the only thing we need to know about this is that there was an 80-foot houseboat involved. That's all oh, we that's need to know. Oh, that's called Off the Hook. Right, which we're going to get to. That's the only thing that we really needed to know is that she wound up with this houseboat. But we do get 10 minutes on this story. So, back to Jean. Jean is traveling some sort of crazy zigzag route to go visit stupid Jim in Mexico. Because she can't be away from her... Stand- and so she it's unbelievable. is like, uh, frantically it's unbelievable. standing by her man. Yeah. So her love for Jim Jeans has literally cost her everything at this point. She's lost her house, her livelihood, the computer store. <gasps> she lost the computer store. I'm assuming that's what they mean by livelihood. She let the computer store go down the drain. So where will the mayor go now? What will happen? Unbelievable. Where will she get her technology needs met? We'll never know. She is getting ready to flee to Mexico to live with Jim. She has a new identity. But finally... <laughs> I'm just like, how much more can this man take from her? Her whole life and that she's and willing now, to give identity. up more. Yeah. She's willing to give up her country. But no, Kimberly. She's willing to no. 90 day fiance and move there with nothing yeah. and live in Mexico. She'll never see any family she has again. Nope. Never. She's going to be give up her name, live under assumed identity. Is he going to take her organs next? Like she's going to have nothing left. No. But fate intervened, Kimberly. Oh, it was true love. Mm-hmm. A man named Bill Bruner met our dear Jean three days before she was set to leave, and she fell in love. And as Make says, so love wrecked your life, but it also saved your life. Jean says, yes, yes, it did. No, um, codependency wrecked your life. And now you're in another relationship. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, okay, so Jean had gotten, basically, what had happened is Jean had gotten into a little bit of legal trouble, some... Some problems. And I think that might be also part of the reason she was going to flee was the legal problems. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've been watching her talk the whole episode, you kind of start to guess what What? some problems might be. Yes. What has sort of happened here. And also, Bill is interesting. I don't know. I don't know if Bill and I don't know if Bill and Jean made it. But Bill, anyways, her love for Bill saved her from Jim. And his, Jim was no prize either, even though he thought no, he was. They look a lot alike. Bill and Jim kind of have the similar face, which makes me think that all the sort of above 40-year-old men in Punta Gorda end up looking the same. Yeah, rough. Sort of sunburned and, yeah, mm-hmm. with shorts. Shorts and sunburn. And they sweat rum. Um, yeah, maybe. Mind that bird mm-hmm. means to outdo yourself. What? In what country? I don't know. It's on our dictionary. Oh, I'd like to know how that got... That might be a New Mexico thing. That, might, that <laughs> might be a Southwest thing. Okay, I don't get it. Okay. Anyways, Jean's legal trouble, probably the reason she was going to flee, also was what finally allows Jim to be caught and brought home from Mexico. Instead of facing prosecution, she makes a deal to tell the authorities where he is and all she knows about this murder of Russell. Finally, finally the wife flips. Finally, because she that found another man. That was so burnt. Because it didn't flip in time. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, that was really... That was funny. Okay. So, in 2011, authorities pick up Jim. Oh, they call him Maestro Jim, apparently, in Mexico. 
He didn't even change his first name. No, it's just Maestro. So he just adds a name. He walks into court and looks like Gene, but with a mustache and more hair more luxurious than mine will ever be. It's luxurious so hair. conditioned. Maybe Peggy was giving him some product that he had been taking with him to Mexico. Maybe he'd been that taking is conditioned. He might have been taking Halo Beauty. I, not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. But <laughs> Tati, if you want to send me some Halo Beauty, I'd like to try it. Um, but has it gone from blonde to gray? It's sort of a bl- glaze, grayish. Bl- yeah, grayish. Mm-hmm. He's also unfortunately wearing the orange that he swore he would never wear. It's real sad. <laughs> But he looks Do you think great. like someone told him when he was a kid that orange was not his color? And that's why he's so adverse to it. It seems to not even be about going to prison. It's about just that he doesn't want to wear orange. I think it's more that same thing that the what he said to the cop that moved those movie lines. I'm never going to prison. I'll die before I go to prison. It's that mm-hmm. same kind of bravado talk. Mm-hmm. That's I'm a son of a bee. I'm a son of a bee, but mm-hmm. I never killed nobody. It's that mm-hmm. same kind of sentiment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he's watched a lot of Al Pacino movies. A lot. Many t- has them memorized. And so mm-hmm. now with Jim under arrest, the detectives go looking for Peggy, who is living on her stupid 80-foot houseboat in New Mexico, which I really want to know how big 80 feet is. I don't... It, big? Real big? Sounds big. 80-foot yacht sounds huge. Yeah. So it must does. be really big. No, and, it must be huge. And you are correct. It's off the hook. Oh, boy. Uh, then they lure her back to shore thinking that there was a package. And I, my first thought was, did she think it was a stripper? There's a delivery for you, Peggy Thomas. <laughs> I thought she had, like, ordered beauty supplies. Oh, you did? From, Maybe. <laughs> from Sally's or she Amazon. Could've. Maybe it's her Fit Fab Fun Box. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. She's like, like it's I my wanted winter. the candle. <laughs> it's my fall package, and I got add-ons. <laughs> I don't need Pilates bands. Okay, so <laughs> I want the scent diffuser. I look great. So the sheriff that picks her up and maybe kind of sad. They said that she didn't give him any of the Peggy charm. She made fun of him because he has braces. <laughs> she said, "I thought you'd be older." I think she thought that she could seduce the cop that picked yes. her up into being, like, her new but boyfriend. But also by making fun of his adult braces. There's nothing I wrong just, with adult braces. Nothing at all. No. So Russell's family is obviously extremely happy that people had finally been arrested a million years later. Uh, Brenna couldn't really care less. She misses the first court dates. Doesn't care. Whatever. Now it's time for the actual trial. Jim decides to shave off his facial hair and go with a ponytail, which makes him look straight up guilty. The minute. Yeah. Just might as well be wearing prison orange. Brenda decides to wear a green dress, black leggings, and I'm sorry, a heavily patterned dress, which is your favorite pattern I saw. It was your spermicide paisley pattern. Yeah, I didn't know that was Paisley. That's Paisley. And she's wearing leggings and sandals, which makes her look guilty. Just completely (sighs) guilty. So the prosecution says that Russell was lured to a location with the promise, like he was picking up Christmas gifts for the kids. Brenna takes the stand and says that Russell had all of these anger issues and would throw furniture around the house and then also talks about her relationship with Peggy when they used to cut hair together. It's actually kind of anticlimactic when she's on the stand, I gotta say. But he wasn't abusive. No, she she said he threw furniture around. We didn't get 
in the Dateline episode, they don't say specifically that he ever. Which was the whole point of why um, Jim wanted to kill him. Correct. Because he wanted an excuse to kill somebody. But that's why he picked him. Was because he was. He was supposed to be abusive. abusive. Like the guy who is in childhood. Right. So then Bill Hill takes the stand. Remember Bill Hill? Wingman? Mm -hmm. Extraordinaire? And tells the story about how Jim wanted to kill an abusive man to right the wrong. Um, Bill sounds a little croaky, and I think he's kind of sick, maybe, when he takes the stand. He doesn't sound good. Oh. And I was worried. It's from looking the other way for so many years. Yeah. It it, has finally caught up. They also keep showing a shot of him in the band days, which is not a very flattering shot, but he's kind of got longer hair and like an earring. And then when you see him on the stand, no more earring. Oh, he gave up. He Wing- pulled that out and he was like, Buck Naked is dead to That's me. That's what I said. Wingman Bill is dead inside. That's it. Yeah. He was like, and no he more. Threw, he flushed the ring down the, the earring down the toilet. He like in Sleeping with the enemy. And he's like, I'm done. Jim, he was in love with Jim too. Yeah. And he's like, Jim, you let me down one too many times. Because yeah. Jim was magnetic like Peggy. Yeah, they all had these Klingons that were willing to do anything. (laughs) And Bill Hill is the same as Bill Hill should have gotten together with Gene. The two meek ones that were followers should have realized they were both being screwed over and they should have gotten together. Bill Hill should have gotten together with Peggy and then Peggy Hill. Peggy would (laughs) have... Hi, we're gonna need a bus. We're not spending money to rent a bus. It's for the freaking children! That's good. Like I always say, what's done is done. <laughs> uh, so he says that Peggy helped plan it and that Gene and Brenna knew about it. He says that Brenna knew about it. Um, the man who had the gun testified and... The question is raised of why didn't Jim just throw the gun in the river? And I said, yes. Why? 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 Why did you take the gun in the bat? It's so dramatic. It's so like, here you go. I'm giving you this for safekeeping. Everything is very like I'm in a movie. I don't like he it. He has Punta Gorda balls. And he was like, I'm get this detective. This deputy yeah. is going to watch my murder weapon under his nose the whole time. He won't even know it's in his house. What an idiot. It's just, it's frustrating. Um, and then in closing, the prosecution closes with paying, playing the famous, I'm a son of a bee. I'm a son of a bee, but I'm no killer. His favorite line. I'm sure he was smiling. Mm-hmm. So now it's time for the defense. He's like, if they make a movie of my life and Matthew McConaughey plays me, yeah. that is going to be the tagline at the bottom. Oh, I'm a I son don't. of a bee, but I'm no killer. And maybe it'll be just a voiceover in black over the title, which is Buck Naked. <laughs> what really happened? I don't know. The Exhibitionist. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So it's time for the defense. Oh, boy. The lawyer's name is Matt Montoya, and he decides to open his opening statement with a quote from Man of La Mancha. Did someone kill his father? He's, yeah. He, they need to prepare to die. Sorry. It's all right. That's a different Montoya. It's close, so maybe they're related. So Matt Montoya opens his his opening statements with a quote from the man of La Mancha, which is, facts are the enemy of truth. And oh, my sweet Lord, the OMG moment of the month is when we find out that Matt Montoya had just appeared in a local theater production of Man of La Mancha, and Dateline shows us 
pictures of him in his costume. And I said, was that shade, Kimberly? Was that shade? Because we didn't need to know it. No, 100%. I want to know it. If everyone that is involved in community theater, I want to know all the details. <gasps> if they are a lawyer and they are backstage looking at their lines and they're I'm like, sure. I'm going to use this in my next closing argument. I want to know. Ev- Thank you, Dateline. That was a gift from heaven. I could not believe it. Full costume. Yeah. So, it, Okay. Wow. All right. Do so, you think that he knew Daniel Wozniak? I, he's that kind of guy. He yeah. seems like that kind of guy, but he's not very good is the thing. His First of all, the defense is ridiculous. The, the entire First of all, the fact that you would say facts are the enemy of the truth and not in a convincing way, not not being charming and like very, you know, actory. He says facts are the enemy of the truth. That's how he said it. He said it like you... And then he had notes up there. You couldn't even memorize your lines? Get real. He had like a page of notes and then he's like looking down at the notes. I can't. Uh. He, couldn't me- he couldn't memorize his lines in the show and the director was always yelling at him. And what then was he, he in the yeah, show? He was like stageman number one or whatever. Like, Can you uh, Google that real quick while I do this next part? Matt Montoya, Man of La Mancha, 2011. <laughs> I'll try. Google it and let's see who he played. Okay, because I'm just going to run through what the defense said. They're ridiculous. He said that Russell Douglas may have shot himself or he may have been shot somewhere else and then placed in the car because they bring in an unbelievably terrible blood spatter expert with a giant mustache who says the car interior should have been covered in blood and there's empty spots in the car where you would expect blood to be. So the prosecution cross-examines him and points out that the expert is using Pulp Fiction, the movie, as an example of what you should expect blood splatter in a car to look like. That's re- that's reality. Oh my god! First that's we bad. have Man of La Mancha. Now we have Pulp Fiction. And yeah, then, and then he he watched that movie so much and was like, "I'm going to become." A blood spatter analyst after seeing that scene in the car. And then they have the fixer who has to come hose it all down. And they didn't have to have a fixer come hose it down. It's obviously didn't happen there. That's not what my knowledge is. Why would you use that? I've as seen a every doctor. Quentin Tarantino movie. He's a doctor. 17 times. He had a doctor in front of his name. He got an online okay, degree in Quentin that. Tarantino movies. <laughs> he got he got his BA in Bruce that guy Wallace. who does the Transformer movies. <laughs> the guy who blows stuff up. Michael Bay? Yeah, Michael Bay. There we go. And then and then he minored mm-hmm. in in Wes M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, there yeah, we go. And then but his his full on doctorate was in Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. It's not great. And then there's a third witness. They close with, I don't know, some random childhood friend who testifies he saw Jim and Peggy on their way out of town. I don't know. I didn't understand. I don't know what he was saying. It didn't make any sense. So the jury goes out and returns, and Jim knows right away that it's bad. And he whispers to his agent slash lawyer and says, I'm done. (laughs) And he is. I mean, he's done. He's guilty. They find him guilty. He gets 80 years in prison. Which is weird because when they open the entire trial, they say he can get up to 25 years or something like that. 
then all of a sudden he gets 80. So it, it's fine. I'm not going to question it. It doesn't matter because he was already how old? I don't was know. 59? Maybe. Was he 69? 59. He was 59. Yeah. So he's already 60. He's not going to make it. No. He's going to end trying his to life in prison orange. Punta yeah. Gorda, life is rough on you. He's going to maybe not, try to figure out how to liver, get a guitar in prison. His liver won't make it two years in prison. Oh, yeah. It's not good. And his eyes are real. Yeah, it's bad. So Jaundice. Yeah. The prosecutor now turns his eyes to Peggy. And the only piece of, the only piece of evidence against her is the fingerprint on the gun owner's manual. Gene is the strongest witness that they could have against Peggy, but unfortunately, Gene, she's not the best witness. She'd had some drug charges and some fraudulent check charges. So Jean. it's not, yeah, Gene. She had to forge checks because she's sp- spending all her money sending her D bag husband money in Florida. Yeah. I mean, oh. Mexico. And finally, by the way, this is the point when we finally find out what Jim had actually told Gene. And this is Gene telling Mank in the makeover mode. Gene with sort of the auburn hair, not the blonde but Jean. Bill Hill also knew that Peggy was involved. But she knew the lead up. Like, we didn't find out the details. Now we know that what had happened is he said... Russell was lured to this island because he had presents for the kids. Peggy drops Jim off at the kill point, and then Peggy takes the car that Jim had rented and drives out and gets cigarettes and tries to, like, get a receipt for a timestamp or whatever, Mm -hmm. then swings back around, picks Jim up, takes him to a dumpster behind Taco Bell, deposits the clothes, and then drives off into the sunset thinking they've covered their tracks. We just didn't get any of those details. second... No, I'm so sorry. I was going to say it's our second Taco Bell dumpster. We had a Del Taco dumpster. We did have a Del Taco dumpster. So now this is the, my favorite part of the whole thing is that Peggy and Jim meet again. Jim has been convicted. Peggy is up in these like pre-trial trial things. But Peggy and Jim in the same room. Jim and his prison in orange. And he has Peggy, to walk past her table. And Peggy looks like a bazillion dog. She has like the hair, the winged eye, the Terry Mugler grommet blazer, like this crazy thing. And she's very teary-eyed the whole time with these pursed lips. And you kind of get, it's the first glimpse that you get why people might love Peggy. Because I don't know how old she is, but she looks timeless and kind of fancy. Like fancy Dallas fancy. You See, know? I got, I did not get that. I got super knockoff. I did not think she was a tippy. I did not think well, she she's was not a tippy. A, a, what's her name? Mary Jo? Jo, Ma- jo she's Marie. She's not. She's not. She, but she's a redheaded vixen. Don't, and she will mm-hmm. eat you alive and she'll eat mm-hmm. your children. Mm-hmm. Even though she's never had any of her own. And I'm sure she would tell you that. No, but she curses. <laughs> she's like a tippy that curses and drinks hard liquor. Yeah. So, and the prob- tippy might do that in in private. Yeah, maybe. So he pleads the fifth and still will not testify against her. I can't. Wow. It's really bizarre that G- his he devotion has, to her is, is like equal Jean's- to Jean's devotion to him. Yes. It's a triangle with arrows. It's what the men were doing in their interview, and each one was pointing at the other one. In a triangle. It is. Which one is the, um, what's the triangle with the three inside? The equilateral triangle. That's Where it. they're all the sides are the same. Equilateral triangle. Okay. 
I like that. Okay, so... I just pulled that out nowhere. And somehow they'd never look at each other in the eye, but you know they did. You know they they caught glances. Um, it did look like he was actively looking away, though, when he walked in. I think he was embarrassed of how he looked. Yeah. I think he was embarrassed. I think he's in a jumpsuit and his hair's in a ponytail and he knows that he's kind of gaunt at this point and he's probably not got long and it doesn't look good. Um, yeah. So somehow I don't understand how this happened. Again, they're going very fast towards the end because we spent a lot of time on Peggy and her ex-husband, the New Mexico oil baron. So she decides to plead guilty to accessory after the fact and... The prosecutor basically tells us, look, we had a 50-50 chance with her. They were really worried about a hung jury, which I kind of get, but I feel like it's a little luxist. I mean, Mm. you'd worry that somehow the jury would be kind of mesmerized by Peggy and all her wiles, and they'd put Peggy on the stand and she would... Somehow She's win over do the jury. For witchery. Yeah, exactly. She's so, won over everybody else. Mm-hmm. So Peggy gets four years only, which still seems like kind of a lot for Peggy. I'm sure Peggy does not want to go to prison. Well, it seems like a lot, but not for considering what she did, because I think she arranged the entire thing. Correct. And then Brenna, of course, is not at the sentencing. And the f- mom, again, is very politically correct and says, we think there's more to the story and hopefully someday the full truth will be revealed. Mom really wants to see those grandkids. Grandmom does. She's she being really, so polite. She really yeah. is trying not You're to mess so right. that up. Yeah. So Brenna also declines to be on Dayline, but sends a statement which doesn't sound guilty in the slightest. She says, I categorically for Hurricane State that I was not involved in the death of my husband in any way. She said categorically hurricane four state. No, she said I categorically state that I put it categorically for hurricane state. I was going to say that is really poor taste, Brenna. It's just my joke that's in poor taste. She was fine. So Josh asked the prosecutor if he could see charging her someday. And the prosecutor gets a straight up twinkle, twinkly eye. Yeah. And like smiles mischievously and says, that's something I'm not going to talk about today. Yeah. That was really good. Fingers crossed. Then we find out poor Bill Hill, RIP, mm. rest in peace. He dies. Um, so sorry, Bill. I made fun of you quite a lot. He's all right. He's in a better place now. You didn't make Go fun ahead. of him that much. I don't remember that. Well, he was super impressed by Google. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. was Bill. Oh, Bill. It's all right. So Jim went to the end, refusing to testify against Peggy, and Meg decides to ask Jean about it. Jean's pretty sad. She says he must have loved her and then paused a really long time. And it makes you think she's going to say he must have loved her more than he loved me. And it kind of made my stomach hurt. And she doesn't say that. But you think she's going to. She says he must have loved her more than I could have imagined. Or he still loves her. I just don't get it. Or he's still trying to prove the man that he was or thinks he is. Like the way that she's talking about it, you can see that it's like a it's a wound. No, that's why I think she is not over it by this man that she met in three days and moved in with and took became her new gym. She's still Bill number two. No, she's not in love with Bill like Bill Bader. Oh, right. Yeah. His name is Bill. Also. Yes. Yeah. She's not. And then we find out that Peggy is still saying she's innocent and she was pressured into taking the guilty plea. Sure. Sure, Jan. Sure you were. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Insane. I 100% think this should be a Lifetime movie. Yeah. I'm all in. I'm sure that Jim thinks it should, too, and he, he has thoughts on casting. 
So yeah, it's good. I'm sure Peggy will have thoughts too. Going to be Matthew McConaughey on Lifetime. I hate to break it to him. No, it's definitely not. It might it be. might be like Dean Cain. Yeah, Mark Paul Gosler. No, Mark Paul Gosler's way too young. Way. Oh too yeah, young. we need an older gentleman. You need a gentleman in his sixties who thinks he's in his twenties. That's a very hard casting to do. I got to think about this. Okay, did you find out what Matt Montoya? Did you find out about the play? Yeah, there was nothing. No. <sighs> Okay. He has no web presence. <laughs> it didn't get reviewed nationally. Man of La Mancha, unfortunately. Tarnithus didn't make it to Broadway. Okay. No. What do you have for B-roll? We had some horses. Sure did. We had some hairstyling. Mm-hmm. We had some shooting range. Mm-hmm. We had the cop doing some speed typing. Super fast typing skills. Oh, I missed it. He's doing that. The lazy dog jumped over the brown fence or whatever. Oh, yeah, what is that? And he's kicking butt. (laughs) Um, Okay, so my favorite thing is during the storm, the town is all boarded up during the hurricane, and people are spray painting on the, like, plywood, the boards that go up, you know? Keep out. Well, one says, bring it on, Charlie, because you should be cocky. When a hurricane is a coming, and also the oh. hurricane is not a sentient being that's going to be like, oh, well, you think you're tough? I'm going to come at you even harder because it's a hurricane. But there's another sign that says, we ain't never scared. Oh, come on, Punta Gorda. So so you're you're always scared? Don't tell me anymore. Um, it doesn't so say I we could have read those signs forever. <gasps> I mean, usually they save your spray paint for like, seriously, no joke. Like, how many bodies did you find in this house? Because hurricanes are so, you know, they spray paint on the door. Like three bodies are in this house or just a check. I checked this house. It's clear. And instead, they're wasting their spray paint by trying to egg on a hurricane. <sighs> What are you, who are you trying to impress? I'm bummed out. I know. And then the best thing is there's this guy riding one of those ridiculous bikes where the front part is really long, like a unicycle. Oh. And then the the back seat is kind of lower. What? So Why? He's riding it through like the waves that are pounding the streets. Oh, During whoa. the hurricane, because when your car is underwater, you immediately think, I'm going to take to my bike. <laughs> I'm going to wheel my way out of here. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's like, All I'm right. going to pedal away. Dad, you can't stop me. Oh, wow. And he's on his bike. It's so slippery. That cannot be safe. No, that's the opposite of safe. Yeah. Go Mm-mm. stick to your tagging. So, yeah, that was my favorite. That I was, was a good delighted. one. Delighted. Not Peggy with the cats, huh? No, I don't. I don't even see cats anymore. She just, even had. She even had the cat kneading. Mm, the cat mm. was making biscuits. I, I saw that. That was good. Um, I did. I saw that. And then she's holding up the cat like a dog outside. She's got the cat outside, just like holding it in her arms. Did the cat seem happy? Yeah, the cat seemed cool. It was fine. It's been through a hurricane. Cats, it doesn't pay no man no mind to her too. Yeah, she Jean's all Wait, right. Wait, it was Peggy. No, it was Jean. Jean oh, had Jean. the cats. Yeah. Jean had a cat. Gene had the cats, and then I'd also like to talk about the B-roll of... There's also a bunch of band pictures that Jim is in a bunch of different hats, like he's in Oingo Boingo. Mm. 
I'm wondering yes. if they went through a phase where they were trying to... He's in, like, a construction worker hat. Yes. They're trying to, like, make hats work for the band. I don't, or maybe they were at a construction site or company thing, <laughs> and so they were... Go, I don't know what was happening. Maybe they were trying to be, like, the village people or, like, Devo. I think they just got drunk and were like, what if I wear this on stage? Doesn't oh, matter. I'm God. still going to get laid after. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I don't know. You're 57 years old. Stop. Stop. Take a shower. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, then we had, oh, lots of pictures, lots of headshots of Peggy in white cowboy hats and white in front of the stables. Oh, my God. I don't know exactly what was going on. What else do we have? Do you have any fashion police that we didn't mention? So many man ponytails. Yeah, I mean, there's it's fashion police all over. I had a big problem with Matt Montoya at the end because his his dress shirts were three sizes too big. The the collar of the shirt. Do you think he stole shirt, them from the community theater? No, I think he's trying to be comfortable. And the point of a collared shirt and a tie, they're a little uncomfortable. And I think he likes his neck to breathe. And so the collar was like a gaping like this big hole. Like the, it was in his dad's shirt. I think he stole it from Man of La Mancha. He, no, because he wasn't wearing dress shirts at Man of La Mancha. He's wearing, like, peasant shirts. Like the, no, you know. I think he stole someone else's costume from another play. They had just done oh. Death of a Salesman. Yes, absolutely. Before Man call. of La Mancha. And yep. he's like, I'm stealing Willie Loman's shirts yep. from Death of a Salesman. Yep, perfect. That's what he was wearing. Good call. Um, do you want to do titles? Mine are bad. No, I want to do Brant's Unhappy Being on Dateline. Oh, the entire city of Punta Gorda? Yeah, Washington, New Mexico, Las Vegas, Ponce de Leon. Oh, poor Ponce. Don Quixote. Sorry, not poor Ponce. I think he was not a nice person, right? I think a lot of those people weren't nice. Yeah. Yeah, he was a a conquistador. Do you know what a conquistador is? They conquisted all of them. No, 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 no. They're Conquista like, don't. Okay, no. Nope. They're, they're like travelers that are searching for things. Ugh. Amazon, what's a conquistador? No. Conquistador is a term which is widely used to refer to the knights, soldiers and explorers of the Spanish and Portuguese empires. I was right. Were the conquistadors... Why did you pronounce it like that? <laughs> were the conquistadors bad? Were they... Were they known to be not not gentlemen? She's the kind of person that would be like, I'm going to Guatemala. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, I know. You're so white. Oh, stop, stop it. Stop saying that you're going stop. to Guatemala. Stop. Um, Marinara sauce. No. Nope. Yeah, no. Be quiet. Stop it. No, I'm sure they were not nice. I'm sure they slaughtered indigenous people looking for what they wanted. Can you ask her if she's heard of Matt Montoya? <laughs> <laughs> Amazon. Have you heard of Matt Montoya? In Man of La Mancha? This might answer your question. Matthew Page Damon is an American actor, film producer, and screenwriter. She's talking about Matt Damon now. He's most bankable stars and is one of the highest grossing actors of all time. Okay. All right, we're good. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, stop. Uh, Amazon, stop. I said good day, sir. Did that answer your question? Not at all. Continue. I don't know why you bring her into this. Amazon, stop! Why were you playing that song? Why did they just start playing Life Here's Goes On? Found. You can import your music collection into Amazon Music. <gasps> no, stop! Stop it! Stop Amazon, giving us ads! Please. Oh, why? Stop it! Uh, 
<laughs> I'm so scared right now. Amazon, I'm unplugging you. You're going bye bye. Sorry to hear that. Baby goes <gasps> to sleep now. Yeah, you are sorry to hear that. What is happening? Monster. Wow. She's wow. all up in my grill. Like we're good, Amazon. Jean like was up in Jim's grill. Oh boy. Okay. She's obsessed with me. She's in love with me. Yeah, I have I think Peggy's she, yeah, I think she really magnetic is. charm. Yes, you do. I will never say anything otherwise. What's your title for this? Or titles? Um, Jim? Him? <laughs> Him, Jim? That's good. Uh, love Before Lockup. Oh, good. Smart. That was good. Locked up locks because his hair. Oh, all right. And he pulls it back in the pony. I don't know. It didn't. Locks um, of love. Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. I said my first one I came up with, which was Ann Peggy. Um, and mm-hmm. then this really had nothing to do with the storm. I really think that they should have just called it. This really had nothing to do with the storm. And Man of La Punta. That was good. Man of La Punta. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I didn't, mine aren't very good. I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. I have Prison Orange and the Executioner. <laughs> I don't know why. Who's the Executioner? Oh, because of the Exhibitionist. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, it's not. And then I had Matt Montoya's Big Break. In parentheses, <laughs> first IMDb credit, thank you, NBC Universal. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mom. <laughs> Did he get Taft Hartley for this? I don't know. He was at that theater, like, as footman number one, and he's like, you guys, I have a huge monologue coming up. I have to rehearse. And they're like, what is it for? Is it for a Cheerios commercial? Like, what is it? And he's like, oh, I'm trying a guy for murder. I don't know. I think you're wrong. I think he's the guy that's, like, lets you know, like, in a very underhanded way that he's a criminal defense attorney. Oh, I think he prefers to be called lawyer first. I'm really a lawyer. I mean, actor first. He'd be like, I'm a lawyer, but my heart, I'm an actor. Oh, you think so? Okay, maybe. Or do we think he's the ringer? Do we think he's the Sweeney Todd from The Office, the plumber, that's then the actor? Do you think he's the ringer? No, I don't. Based that on was the, so based generous on the costume, of you. I know. I w- I'm trying to be kind because I... I'm worried that he considered putting Esquire after his name in the program and that also he might have done it. <laughs> yeah, I think he probably did. I mean, he seems like a lovely guy, but he lost this case and I'm worried that he doesn't know I'm what his size you, is. I'm telling you, facts are the enemy of the truth. Might be a brilliant literary phrase, but to a jury that is as dumb as I am, it sounds like he's saying facts don't matter. Fake yeah. news. Listen to me. Listen yeah. to me. Don't listen to the facts of the case. The facts of the case prove that my client is obviously guilty. But don't listen to them. Listen to my truth that I'm t- going to tell you. But Jim didn't have any money. I mean, he's a public defender, right? Jim did not have money. Well, he his only money was from poor Jean, and she used it all up on him and her own drug problems and oh, fe- no. check forgery. Do we have Twitter on this or no Twitter? I think I might have Twitter, actually. Um, Limey Lizzie. Watching an old dateline and the people involved in the love murder triangle are so relentlessly awful that the only thing worth rooting for is Josh Mankiewicz's hair. 
Josh did look great in this episode. He looked great. Polka dot tie at the end. Stellar. Red and white polka dot. Yeah, it's good. He looked amazing. Um, The Brad Milner, who might be my new favorite person on Twitter. He doesn't know it yet. uh, Said Peggy pleaded guilty to being fabulous. Yes, Mugler. Oh, she was great. In that courtroom. And then he said... Prison officers, ma'am, please give up your valuables. Peggy, okay, all my hats are in a U-Haul outside. Oh my god, that's great. Um, Twin Peaks was easier to understand than this episode of Dateline. Yeah, it was. It really was rough. I, why did we do this one? What happened to us? It was Buck Naked that got us. We were both mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a band. Hold mm-hmm. up. Let us just try to muddle through. Citizen Janny, every one of these people are exhausting. Yeah. Uh, Jen943 said, so Gene is now a redhead. Yeah, that's what and I said. I wrote that down. Flutie's gr- Flutie fan wrote, someone is trying to emulate someone else. That I wrote that down. She's I missed saying trying that. trying yeah. to be freaking Peggy. Yes. Because then maybe he'll love her. Yeah, I was sad about Jean. it. That part at the end made me upset because you could tell Stop. that things had not worked out with her and Bill number two. Oh. And she was not like doing well with the fact that he still went to prison. Because the thing is, she did give him up in the end. She gave Jim up and Jim would not give Peggy up for anything. Mm-mm. He Mm-mm. needed to release it's Jean. Jim, brutal. you messed up. You needed to release Jean to the world. Yes. And not let her do all that stuff for you. And mm-hmm. maybe almost give up her identity and move to Mexico and get in a shootout with you. Stupid. I mean, I don't honestly feel that bad for Jean because she knew about a lot of things. And She did. She messed up. But like... Uh, T. Natasha Turner says, Jean lost her house supporting Jim's life on the run. Maybe she should be provided with some state-sponsored housing and orange jumpsuit for her troubles. Oh. They not just me. People are um, mad. Corrigan Vaughn said, is it just me or is everyone just like super casual about Jim fulfilling his dream of killing a stranger? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Every friend is like, well, he needed to do it. It was was his dream. Megan Coffey says, freaking Gene. Uh, (laughs) Just Brad Milner. Gene was the strongest witness. Yeah. Uh, Zuri's mother said, well, Gene certainly has a type. Yes, I told you. They look alike. Mm-hmm. Brad Milner again said, which will Jean choose? Probably the worst possible outcome. Mm. She don't make good decisions. Mm-mm. But her cat loved her. Yeah. But she did let the computer store go, which is unfortunate. Poor computer store. Where's that mayor going to go? Okay, Brenna. Get cussed. <laughs> okay, this is Brad Milner again. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brenna, get gussied up and kill him. Peggy, I have the perfect hat for that. Hashtag girl talk. <laughs> Brad was obsessed with Peggy's hat. Peggy had a lot of the white cowboy hat was like it was a lot and it was probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Uh and had its own box. It had like maybe a humidifier. Like one of those closets with like the special air conditioning. Okay. Oh god. Like a like Jeffrey Climate Star. controlled. That's what I'm thinking. All right. Uh Stupendous said, Buck Naked is the wrong nickname to have in prison. Oh, yeah. Holy Moses. What do you, he must have said, like, we were less more and that, um, yeah, what is it, less lied. more in the tell alls? What was it? Less more less in the more contradictions? In the contradictions, yeah. Um, and Brad Milner again said, 
Peggy won't be broken. She has endured beauty pageant pressure after all. Oh no, yeah, she's a tough. <laughs> she's a. T- she would be what you'd describe as a tough old bird. Yeah, except she would slap you in your face for saying old. She's also a brazen hussy. Yeah, is that a thing? Is that polite? She yeah. is a brazen hussy. That's she a is bit, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's the woman in. A parent trap like Disney movie where your parents, you want them to get together, but they're divorcing and your dad has like a secretary who wears low cut blouses and is so clearly trying to get win your dad over and you're this five year old and you totally see it happening. Yeah, and Veronica. she's like leans over things yeah, yeah. and is obviously flirting, but then she's like, I'm just trying to be a supportive secretary. Oh, and yeah. yep, yep. it's with red hair terrible. It's exactly right. Veronica slash Vanessa with the lip injections. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got her. Yep. But, yep, yep. And you're on Disney. You're Lindsay Lohan, but you still know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're trying to get your parents back together. Can and she this, be Haley Mills? You're Haley Mills. She's Haley Mills. Uh-huh. Thank God. Yeah. And this bimbo is going to come in and try to ruin it for you. Yep. Vanessa, That's, button your shirt up. Vanette, it's, isn't it a little chilly in here, Vanessa? You might want to put on that cardigan. She'll be like, you're 12. What do you know about cardigans? You're like, I see the way you look at my dad. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Vanessa, cut the crap. I might be 12 years old, but I see what's going on. My parents are going to get back together, okay? And we're going to be a family. I'm not going to let you stop it. I'm going to set up an elaborate scheme where you get a bucket of water dumped on you at the end of a family fun race. And it is going to embarrass you and you're going to scream and show your true colors. And my dad won't marry you because he's going to see that you're a B word. And then he's going to fall back in love with my mom and we are going to be a family again. And we're going to get that dog that I always wanted and name it Rascal. Or I sneak into the spray tanning booth. Instead of the spray tan. Yeah, it's like green paint. She's like, why did you do this to me? You're such a brat. And she yells at you in front of your dad. And he's going to be like, I don't think you need to be talking to her like that, Vanessa. And she'll be like, don't you see what she's been doing? She's been playing you this whole time, Jim. And he's been like, she's my daughter. She always will win. And 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 there's a speech. "Mm -hmm." And then Vanessa is on to the next. Yeah. Uh And Mm -hmm. then the wife is like, Jim, I couldn't help overhearing because I was here this whole time. How you were standing up for our daughter. Maybe we should give our marriage a second try. And then the daughter is like, that would be okay with me. Who wants to go for milkshakes? Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then they yeah. all end up at Spiffy's Diner. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. And we just wrote ourselves a Disney Channel movie. Done. Trademark date with Dayline, mm-hmm. 2019. Don't try to. Don't try it. It doesn't have a title yet. It's untitled. Spec script. What's it called? <laughs> it's untitled. Not exactly untitled. What it skips. Skip. Yeah, it's not a spec untitled script. Disney Channel project. There you okay. go. Haley Mills will play. The grandmother. Um, grandmother. Yeah, it, it'll be a really nice tie-in. Yeah. Is she still with us? Yes. Good. Is that all the Twitter had for us? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like you, Bradley Mills, or whatever your name is. Is that his name? Milner. Bradley Milner. Okay. Sorry, Mills. Got Mills on the brain now. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> May, make sure you follow us on Twitter for more intellectual gems like conversations that we've had tonight (laughs) and instagram oh we just interviewed for our patreon the amazing emily for the keith leans on things instagram hi emily if you're listening she's our new best friend she is amazing her account is legendary 
And if you are a Patreon at the um, life of the party level or above, you got it as part of your very belated, it's going to be May. Uh, it's actually July. And <laughs> it's going to be August. Um, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> But anyways, thank you for your support. And, thank you very much. Um, Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a comment. Thank you. Don't watch alone. Watch with Buck Naked and some exhibitionists who are men in their late 90s. Do you think they have a reunion trying tour? To get what do they do? Gorgeous. Oh, man. Ugh. They have their walkers up on stage and like ladies are throwing their dentures on the stage. And they, like, it's, they get busy. And they're like, that corona doesn't mix with my arthritis medication. But they still think they're hunting the pee out there. They are going nuts thinking that they are players. Not that you can't be a player at any age, but there comes a time when it that's gross. There's something about their Drunken pictures. Drunken cheating on yeah. your wives with groupies is not appropriate at any age. But it's especially icky... It is. The wingman in the 50s, like the wingman when you're in your late 40s and you've got a wingman, but not because you're a single not guy. Not late 40s, I think late 50s. You're on the prowl, but you're a married man and you already have a mistress. And, and all know, your friends know. How many and venereal diseases? And they're all helping diseases. you get more hep C girls. How many clinics are in Punta Gorda compared to computer stores? Because the computer store that we do about is now gone. Mm-hmm. So it's maybe there replaced. needs to be more uh-huh. computers and knowledge and less. It's been replaced with a store that does whatever that herpes medication is. Valtrex? Commercials for Valtrex. Valtrex. It's a Valtrex store. There's formerly, <laughs> formerly Punta Max and PCs. No, it's Valtrex Outlet. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. His skin was pale and his eye was odd. Yes. He gave the faces of gentlemen who never thereafter were heard of again. He trod a path that few have trod. It's Sweeney Todd. The demon barber of Fleet Street. Did you write this? No. Who did? Steven Sondheim. Who is he? Swing your razor wide, sweetie, hold it to the And avengeful God. He served a dark and avengeful God. What happens then? Well, that's the play, and he wouldn't want us to give it away. <gasps> but Sweeney Todd, the demon robber of Fleet Street. <laughs>